episode 19, Rockin' the MD Referral. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Dr. Jeffrey Langmaid's perspective. For doctors who want a thriving practice and abundant home life, listen as your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, goes behind the curtain and interviews doctors and guests about real-world triumph, struggles, practical tips, and entertainment on this episode of A Doctor's Perspective. Oh, guys and gals, we have got a show today. We have Jeffrey Langmain with the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. He is going to discuss all things MD referral related. He is going to go into how he sets up his own email marketing campaigns, throws in a morning ritual, and so much more. He's got definitely a surprise little something about him in the end of the episode. And as he said, he's answered some questions that uh, he's never had before. So that makes me happy and hope you guys get a lot out of it today. Doctorsperspective.net slash one nine for all the show notes. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Today on the show, welcome Dr. Jeffrey Langmaid of Evidence-Based Chiropractor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am pumped to be on. As 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 we were just, were just talking about briefly, it is uh, towards the end of my day and the very beginning of your day. So thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. It's a great day to start. You've got so much going on in the pod. You just put out a new book, I want to say last year, and you're working on a new one. You've got this evidence-based chiropractor. For those who don't know, it is, well, why don't you tell us about what that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am quite busy. Yes, um, but the evidence-based chiropractor is what most chiropractors would know me from. So, basically, what the evidence-based chiropractor is, it's tools and services for chiropractors to help grow and build their practice. But the the unique take that we have on it, which is due to my personal experience, is really it's focused on bridging that gap and building relationships with other healthcare providers in your community. So we kind of loosely call that MD marketing, but it doesn't have to be to an MD. It could be to a midwife, a doula, a DO, or any other healthcare provider. But the evidence-based chiropractor is tools and services for chiropractors to grow their practice based on research, based on interdisciplinary communication, and based on building referrals coming into their practice. And there's a ton of arm of the evidence-based chiropractor that promote that uh, that concept. Yeah. Now, I, I listen to your podcast, which is nice. It's real short, uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most usually. And you always highlight a research paper. What are you doing to find that out? Yeah. Great question. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so the way that I go about research searching, and that's a really good question because I think a lot of chiropractors can do it. They just don't know where to start. So there is a very easy way to start, and it, it is through PubMed. So most chiropractors are familiar with PubMed. And if you go to PubMed, there's a, where you can enter a search at the top of the web page. There's an interesting thing. It says advanced right there. And if you click advanced, you can actually automate and or save a search based upon a specific keyword. So you could do chiropractic, chiropractic manipulation, chiropractic adjustment, any keywords you want, and they will automatically send you an email with any papers that touch on those keywords at any duration, meaning weekly, monthly, whenever they're posted or once a year that you want. So that is a key, key resource that chiropractors can use to find research. Then you got to sort through it, but that's the start. <laughs> right. Now, I'm always excited about it when, whenever you talk about a paper that proves when you compare us versus like medical doctors, 
you know, oh, chiropractic's on top for certain conditions. Obviously, let's not go too crazy, but it helps with headaches. It helps with all these different things. When you go and repackage that for your clients, is that on like a pretty PDF that they fax to the doctors? Or how do you actually disseminate that type of information for clients that you have? Yep. So all members of the evidence-based chiropractor get a monthly PDF. So the PDF that they get is white labeled. So it means that the header and footer are all of their practice information and nothing is branded as the evidence-based chiropractor. So the mm. chiropractic members, the chiropractors receive the PDF each month that places the research in an actionable context. So it's short, it's one page, it's got graphics, it has a few quotes, it cites the paper, and it tells the other doc why it matters to them. So each each member of the MSP chiropractor receives a new paper like that every month. There's ember, uh, there's a member's vault that has a variety of tools, resources, guides, videos, everything in the kitchen sink to implement the process and be successful. But then each month they get an updated piece of research specifically to to give out to the uh, their the other members of the healthcare community in in their community. And we recommend that that's actually hand delivered or mailed, not faxed, because of quality issues. Ah, that makes sense. I'm curious. Once you get the vault, I would look at all these papers and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. What? How many can I give them at first? But you just have, I'm guessing you have to just take it slow and just be patient with it. Yeah, it's absolutely, you know, it's kind of a rabbit in the hair kind of thing. So, you know, or or I guess a a rabbit in a turtle, a hair in a turtle. I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) You get what I'm saying. So it is about that trickle. It's really about making sure that you deliver consistency to those docs because you're 100% correct. If you gave them 50, I'll I'll exaggerate. If you gave them 50 papers and said, look at all this wonderful stuff, they're going to say that looks long and confusing. It's going to go right in my trash can. But if you give them one with very good consistency, then it becomes something they can count on, something they look forward to, and something that's easily digestible. So you're 100% correct. You got to trickle it out and you have to supplement it with a few other things as well to really get the gears turning. But the research ultimately positions your practice as the local leader. When I was in uh, practice in America, one of the things I always did was send a, a doctor's report with like just the ortho tests that were positive, what they came in for, diagnosis, and almost like the ICD-9 code of what is spinal manipulation, what is therapeutic exercise, just so that they know what we do. Is that something that you guys recommend as well? Yep, absolutely. Love it. You're right. You're right on track. Case notes is absolutely an essential component of it. We recommend for case notes, you hit the nail on the head. Patient name, date of service, diagnosis, and treatment plan. Keep it simple, keep it straightforward, and make sure that that doc's reading it. So absolutely correct. Case notes, extremely important, but keep them simple and keep them impactful. Can I ask you, I'm going to ask you this question because this is a personal thing I did. Being that that was, it was only one page and there wasn't a lot of information, I always had my logo probably an inch, inch and a half, just because I was like, when they get this, they're going to see, boom. Justin's chiropractic clinic first, and then be like, well, what, what is this? Oh, okay. <laughs> he saw Roger. Okay. <laughs> I think it might be obnoxious. <laughs> no, I think it's important. I mean, it should be on your letterhead. I mean, obviously, logo size is a matter of preference, <laughs> but I think it absolutely, that's your opportunity to showcase the results patients are getting in your office. So the case note, it's not only clinical. If first and foremost, it's patient-focused because it's completing the chart for the patient. But the second mm-hmm. component to it that can't be understated is that it is a marketing tool. We have patients walking around each and every day that are getting well in our office, and nobody knows except the patient or the person they tell. The case note 
note is the best opportunity during evaluation, reevaluation, or discharge from active care to showcase how well patients are getting in your practice. And that counts for a lot. That is the definition of social proof. So you can't go wrong with it. Absolutely. I'm going to come back to that, but I'm curious because you work at a integrative clinic, medical doctors, orthopedic surgeons, I'm guessing, and then yourself, probably physical therapist. How did you get, how did you land that type of job and what's that story? Very long, convoluted process. <laughs> uh, so I've worked in practice really in every facet of being a chiropractor. So I've been an associate, I've been a clinic owner. And about, I guess now, if I had to think of it, three, at least six, maybe six years ago, I joined a local multidisciplinary group. So, and I ran one, and that was a hospital-based group. So there was, it was full, it was full ortho. So it was, there was some hand surgeons, some spine surgeons, some physical therapy department. It was a pretty big group, but um, I ran one of the satellite clinics for them and did chiropractic work, of course, there. And and there was physical therapy in the clinic, etc., And that's what really eventually kind of put me on the radar of where I'm at now at Laser Spine Institute, because Mm. they were very interested in diving more into the conservative aspects of care um, long term because they saw the importance of it, certainly. So my experience in that realm kind of made me stand out. And then it took a while, but then through a series of events, uh, it ended up working out where I was able to go to them, which was exciting to me because we are now a national brand, not just a local brand. So I loved the expansion. I'm here to play big. So I loved the fact that they had a bigger footprint and a bigger vision. um, And that's kind of how it came to be. Now, how are there any tips for doctors out there who would love to embrace and do exactly what you're doing, whether it is in an ortho group or, you know, at Laser Spine Institute. Are there any tips to help somebody try to land that type of job that you have? I think the biggest thing that I always recommend with that is is really persist. It's the same. It's the story of my life. Persistence, consistency, and and relationship building. So it's it's difficult. I mean, those aren't the jobs that you find on monster.com or, you know what I mean? On Craigslist or something like that, but it's really about bridging the gap. It's, it's about, and, and if I, let's, I'll get tactical, I'll get in the weeds with it. It's really about it. So if they have a chiropractor already, one, two, however many get in those docs practices and shadow them until they tell you to go home. Because that's how you're going to start to build that relationship and learn more about the practice. And those are people that you can lean on when the opportunities start to arise. They're also going to be the people on the inside that know about that. If they don't have chiropractors there, then what I'd encourage you to do is one of two things. Either if they have uh, grand rounds or spine conferences with their providers, which are usually for continuing education, those are almost by law opened up to other providers. So go, network, just sit and listen a few times, but they'll start to recognize your face and you can start conversations. And or you can ask those other docs, maybe they have somebody, maybe not the neurosurgeon, you're going to be intimidated perhaps, but it might be uh, interventional spine or something. Just talk with them. Ask if you can shadow for a few hours and learn more about their practice. That goes such a long way. And then follow up and stay consistent with that. And when the opportunities arise, you're going to be the first person that they think of. That's a really good point because if you're shadowing, and I'm, I'm... That doesn't mean you have to spend eight hours a day with these docs. But if they're a chiropractor, they're like, hey, not this city, but there's one. And if you're willing to move or if you're willing to drive 45 minutes, they got a satellite claim, like you're saying, or something. 
That's that's correct. I mean, and you just never know where those where those roads lead. So, you know, just spending an hour here if, uh, and uh, two hours here, wherever you can with that doc, especially if they already have a chiropractor, you're going to get invaluable insight. And that gives you the opportunity as you see the patients and see how the patient flow to ask them, how'd you come to work here? What's been your experience? Who's your boss or supervisor? Who do you report to? Is it the chief medical director? Is it the COO? Is it the CEO? Is there a regional director? And then you start to find out who the actual decision makers and influencers are and build relationships with them and so on and so forth. So it's a process, which is what often deters many chiropractors. But if you're serious about it, then it's going to take a little work. It's going to take some persistence, but there is a very direct path to it. Very good. You know, even in China, when I finally got the job here, it was okay. That was a interesting turn of events. And then now that I'm here, I finally was looking on LinkedIn, trying to find other people doing the same thing. And then you finally find those and you start talking back and forth. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's jobs here. There's jobs there. Where are all these jobs advertised? You're like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out because, I mean, people ask me, and I'm like, well, I'm, I've got more of a knowledge than you, but it's just they're hidden gems, you know? Right. No doubt. You got to keep got to keep your eyes open. You got to you got to stay in. It's ultimately being involved. That's what goes yeah. a long way. You can't stay at your house all day. All right. So back to the evidence based chiropractor. You've got clients. Is there like a top three that they most struggle with when trying to implement what's going on? Yeah, uh, good, good. That's a really good question, actually. I've never been asked that before. So the, the biggest challenge with implementation is just getting started. To be 100% honest with you, I would say there's been very few people that have been members of the Evidence Space Chiropractor and then decided that they wanted to cancel their membership. And this is something I really don't talk about too often at all, really. But there's been very few people. And I always, I'm interested because the return on investment is so high that I'm always curious. And I ask them, like, how could I serve you better? And almost every single person that's canceled said, I never really got started. And I've taken that onus on me now because I want to take full responsibility. So that's where even this past year, why I came out with more videos in the members vault that show how do you build a list? How do you look through this material? What is step one, two, and three? And let's get on the phone and hash out how to get started after you've been a member for two weeks and you're exposed to what what it is. Now let's talk about how to get started. So I think the biggest thing with implementation is not getting started. And some of that comes down to just, um, ultimately they're all excuses, but it comes down to time. It comes down to confidence sometimes with some providers that they're just a little sketched out about getting out there ultimately, um, or just, uh, something new and shiny comes on their plate, so to speak. Uh, do you think maybe they're not delegating it to a staff member very well? Totally. I mean, yeah, because I have a variety. I have everything from docs who are one doc, no staff members, all the way up to docs that are in other multidisciplinary groups working with it. So, yeah, sometimes delegation is an issue. If they feel like it's taxing them too much, then that becomes an issue, no doubt. Um, But surprisingly, I've seen it more that they just never get started rather than it's I've never had a doc tell me it's taking me too much time. Let's put it that way. It, when, I, when you get the inside track of other people who have like programs online, you can actually see stats of who watches your video and for how long, even like in Facebook advertising, you see that. And uh, that's what so many people say that like people don't even push play. They don't even start. You're like, why'd you buy it? Especially if you spend in three or four hundred dollars a month. And it's crazy. But yeah, it is. It is interesting. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what are some of the most common concerns that they have? The clients, that is. 
Well, I think some of the most common concerns, I mean, earlier on, this is less of an issue now, but earlier on, there were two big questions or concerns, which was, what is this and is it going to work? I mean, those are pretty yeah. basic. But, you know, initially, I think it was a little bit more, I've, I've tried to clean up things a lot to because the program's pretty expansive and there's a lot of arms to it and you get... There's nobody that gives more for, for the price point in chiropractic. I'll just say it. So I, I think a lot of times it, when, a, when a doc starts looking through the deliverables, so to speak, of what they're getting, it's like, whoa, like this actually seems like a lot and that can be intimidating. So like, what am I actually getting? So that's something I've really tried to clarify throughout time. And then the second component, of course, is like, this sounds great, but like I talked to an MD one time four years ago and didn't get a patient and I didn't have a plan and I didn't do anything and I never followed up, but it doesn't work. And why is this going to be different? And it's, and it's all about systems. It's all about processes. And we have docs that are getting 30, 40, 50 direct MD referrals a year at this point, which could add in U.S. that could add a hundred thousand, sixty thousand dollars onto their practice for you know, for less than like a thousand dollar investment per year. So it's, it's, I think the biggest concerns typically are always, is it going to work? And what does this do? And I've tried to be much more clear about that without just hawking numbers all the time. (laughs) I I remember one time I did one of these and we kind of had a system, but it was not a good system. And uh, we bring lunch, we're chatting, the nurses are there. So we're like, oh, you know, shooting the breeze, trying to actually have the conversations with them because a lot of those guys are kind of the person who gives the referral. So we're like, well, and we're like, well, where's the doctor? Oh, well, uh, he, I'm like, why did I bring lunch for the doctor if he's not even going to show up? I was like, can we, can we have a little mutual respect here? And I was like, what a waste. And I was like, no, Justin, just, just talk to the nurses, talk to the PAs salvage the situation, have a good attitude. What, what, what happens when you do that? Is that just poor timing? I'm guessing your system can just, can uh, cover those type of issues, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, the bottom line is there, there can always be wild cards, right? So, I mean, you can't protect <laughs> against everything. But, you know, when I talk to docs, chiropractors, I think the biggest thing that we try to get across, number one is that, you know, do you bring lunch? Do you not bring lunch? I think that's personal preference. And I always say it's based on office size. If you like, so if there's like 20 providers, don't go crazy if they've never referred mm-hmm. somebody to you. If it's a three person office and you notice the last five patients that came into your front door weren't referred, but recognize them as their primary care doc, you might go the extra mile because you're going to be able to showcase through case notes and it just gives you more of that all-inclusiveness. So the other thing I think is with the scripting on the phone call, you know, this is a very mock statement right now, but hey, this is Jeff, right. I'm calling their office. Hey, this is Jeff from Dr. Langmaid's office. You know, we've co-managed quite a few patients with your doctor. However, Dr. Langmaid and Dr. Smith have never had the opportunity to meet. Who do I, or, who do I speak to in order to set up that meeting? So again, I'm not saying up front where I'm focusing on lunch or focusing on bringing anything. I'm focusing on, hey, this is about co-management. This is about learning more about your office. And this is a physician-to-physician meeting. So those are, there's a few ways to mitigate it, but you can never you, – you can, there's always wild cards. <laughs> As the business owner, we like to talk about marketing on here. So how are you marketing? And you can answer this either as Langmaid with Spine Institute or as all the projects that you have that are uh, – like a side income, if you will. How do you market yourself? What's like the top two strategies that you use that's been effective? 
Yeah, fa- I mean, Facebook, for me, Facebook ads still rule supreme. So um, I'm big on Facebook ads. I'm big on driving Facebook ads to content. So I really don't run, I've, I don't think I've ever run a Facebook ad that was like buy my product. Um, almost all of my Facebook ads drive to content or to some sort of piece that gives value to the doc. That's been absolutely huge. And then also the second thing is um, I, rec- I was using MailChimp before. It's kind of in the weeds. But I was using MailChimp before I switched over to Infusionsoft lately. And Infusionsoft mm-hmm. helps all of my automation so that when a doc um, subscribes and requests a piece of information, I'm able to follow up better with more particular to their particular interest. So in MailChimp, one of the challenges that I had was a, was that everybody kind of went into the same bucket, but I might have a doc who downloaded something on an MD meeting and another doc who downloaded something on search engine optimization. There might be crossover there, but I can better serve them by actually almost splitting them apart and then giving the SEO doc a lot of SEO and marketing content and the MD doc a lot of MD marketing content that adds value to them. And then, of course, that theoretically, hopefully it builds trust with me as they see that I'm going to deliver the goods. So I'm curious, let's go in the weeds for a second with that. I had thought that MailChimp did have that option, but maybe it's more like a manual where you really have to set up your coding in the back end to be like, we tracked it, you only got it because of this. But if you don't have that tracking, then you really don't know where X, Y, and Z person came from? That's correct. And and that's a good question. I MailChimp, I had different lists. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll break it down right now. So I had different lists within MailChimp, but mm. it was very manual. And when I switched to so when I switched to Infusionsoft, I also started using lead pages. And lead okay. pages let me direct specifically to an Infusionsoft form and then tag that individual doc with their interest. So that made my automations a ton simpler. And then I use Sumo Me products for like mm-hmm. my best of content. So if you visit the website and something comes upon the screen that says like, I'm gonna send you my 10 best blogs, then that actually is run not through lead pages, but through Sumo Me. And then they're set up where then it just automatically goes to Infusionsoft as well on a separate list. So um, so I, it is possible with MailChimp, you are correct, but I've, I sort of, simplified the front end while making the back end way more robust with lead pages and Infusionsoft. There are probably simpler ways to do it, but that's where I was at. There's really not though, from what I, not like on price, depending on your price point though, you know what I mean? Like MailChimp is free for a while, which is good because you're learning and you're like, my list is 200 people. That's not very many. So why would I want to spend that kind of money when I don't even have maybe a product to push on anybody to like recoup any of these costs? So that's really interesting. And then Sumo Me, I think it was Tristan. He said you're an app sumo guru ninja. Yeah, we, we both love their products. So um, there's like the, uh, the Noah Kagan is the is the guy who runs Sumo Me, and he was just a little bit of back history on him. Um, he was the 30th employee at Facebook and the fourth employee at Mint. So he is very. He has been in the tech game for a while at a very high level. And basically, Sumo Me is like list building tools, essentially. So him and I, and Noah puts out a ton of great content. He had a conference this last year in Austin, Texas that I went to that was absolutely killer. Um, I think his products are really good. And, and I've just used, I've used Sumo Me for 
literally as long as the evidence-based car, probably a half decade at this point in time, as long as the car, uh, the evidence-based car bread has existed. So um, I'm very loyal to their products because I, I just think that they do a great job. And I also just love what kind of what they do. Very good. And for docs are listening, like, why are we going in the weeds on this? Because you should be building your own patient email list. And if you create content, whatever that is, you could be dripping that and having some of these same systems to remind them to come in and educate and all these other types of things. And and I'll sure. say I'll say something about that because I was talking to somebody the other day about it and it's like back in the day in like the 70s and 80s like if you sold a chiropractic practice it would be like well we have like 10,000 patient files and that's like the va- it's like why it's so valuable. And I will and I and I was saying I will pay 0 dollars today I'm not intending on buying a practice anytime soon, but I would I would pay zero dollars for a patient file, but I would pay a massive amount of money if a chiropractor said, I'm selling my practice. My email list that is within two counties of here is 15,000 people. I email them every single week and I get 30% open rates and 8% click-through rates. I would say, I'm ready to buy your practice today because I know I can activate those patients, those people into patients very quickly. So any doc, any chiropractor that's not actively building their email list is doing themselves an unreal disservice. Let that sink in, everybody. I was so sad because when I sold my clinic, I lost my list. I uh, I wasn't thinking long term. And so, you know, once that was gone, I was like, man, oh no, all of those patients are gone now. And I was like, I'm not in this area anymore. I wasn't explaining and expanding like this. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a list I could have had of normal people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, well, that's for the other doc now. That's fine. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I'm guessing, I don't even know if you have any competition, to be honest, with how you've actually set yourself up. But maybe just in your realm of all these other influencers you have, how do you spot a fly-by-night chiropractic consulting company that's just really not worth a grain of salt, but really have a nice, pretty package to sell? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I I think, number one, I think it's just go with your gut. I mean, it's like, uh, I think there's a lot to be said. I mean, the bottom line is like most people can tell real quick. I mean, but if you can't, like what I would do is if it look, I mean, just just like do like two minutes of research, like go to their Facebook page and, it, you know, there's no like magic numbers. I'm not trying to put anybody under the bus, but if it's like, right. because you could just be start, if the person is just starting, awesome. Like everybody starts at zero. That's cool. But if they, if it's like a ridiculously high priced product, it looks like their production value and they're like, I've been in this game 20 years. I'm making up 20 years. But, and then you look at their Facebook page and there's like 50 likes and they started posting like two weeks ago, but it just seems like you can't get anywhere without a Facebook Facebook ad. Well, they just had an idea and dumped a bunch of money into Facebook ads. Like, it still could be a great idea, but like, then it's like, use your gut. But if it, if you go there and it's like, there's a lot of content for a long time, they're talking about the long game, they've been delivering value, they're putting out free stuff. It's just going to give you, like, that's somebody that's obviously vested in making a difference. So, I don't know. I mean, I just say use your gut. If everything's behind a firewall, then that, or, you know, not a firewall, but if everything's behind a, uh, you know, you can't find anything besides what you have to pay for. And they, you know, it looks like they started yesterday. Well, they probably did. And that's cool if you want to try them. But otherwise, you know, just keep your eyes open and listen to your gut. Who have been some of your most influential guys in shaping your philosophy and 
your copywriting and all that type of stuff. Oof, that's a that's a broad topic. So, uh, <laughs> so number one chiropractic icon and hero of mine is it would probably surprise a lot of people is actually Reggie Gold. So I'm a mm-hmm. huge Reggie Gold fan. Um, I think that he had unbelievable ideas, unbelievable concepts. I do believe that what he talked about with spinology was was different than what chiropractic has evolved to today, and I don't believe they're the same thing. Um, but I, I really, I, I was fortunate to meet him, get adjusted by him uh, before he passed, and he's somebody that I have a great, great deal of respect for in the chiropractic world. Um, now, in terms of copywriting, that's a really, really good question. It's a combination of so many different things. I mean, one person that I've worked with personally, I'll give him a shout out here, is a gentleman named Neville Medora. Um, and he actually does copywriting for Sumo Me. He's kind of worked with them from time to time. He's friends with Noah. But Neville, I worked with in a one-on-one capacity probably two or three years ago. And just really developing like the conversational tone and trying to just get better. And then, I mean, untold other people, but those Reggie Gold and, on the chiropractic front and Neville, I'd have to give props on the um, on the copywriting front, got me started during during my on my paths, and then I learned from innumerable people since then. Very good. So just switching gears here a little bit. When you talk to doctors who are struggling or young kids in school about to graduate, what's some of the one or two pieces of advice that you would consider invaluable that you maybe wish you knew? I mean, I think the biggest thing is just, which is the hardest thing. It's like play long, like have patience, play for the long game. Don't get too excited day to day. And everybody struggles with that, right? I mean, you have a great day, you have a tough day, and it's like, ah, it's, it's easy to get high and low with the tide. But rocking through is very, very important. The other thing that I would say as time goes on, I just think it's so important, like just like an email list, like imagine if you were an associate, like you're coming out of school and the whole last year that you were in school, you started like putting out awesome content and building and you knew you were going to move back to like Wisconsin and like you move back to Wisconsin and you put out awesome content. As like a student doc, like not trying to pretend anything you aren't, but talking about that and you go up to Wisconsin and you're like, okay, I have a list of 3000 people that live in Wisconsin that have downloaded my material. You're going to get an associate job and you have leverage. Like, Mm -hmm. so building your personal brand or your business brand as early as possible, I think is something that's like a lot of people are getting hip to, but still there's so many chiropractors that are just like, don't want to do it or just aren't familiar with technology very well, you know, one way or the other. So I think playing for the long game and building your audience, building your brand as early as possible gives you options and opportunities. You know, my uh, niece is graduating high school and she's going to, she's real smart. So she's probably, probably get a PhD at some point, but she's kind of starting this little business and wants to try to make some money. And she was asking me for some a piece of advice. And what you just said, was, was that's kind of what I told her. I was like, look, you're in high school. We didn't have Facebook, Instagram. Like, you probably will have more followers than I will in about a month because you just joined these things because her parents were like, no, you can't do that. But anyway, she's going to have this huge, gigantic list. Then you're going to go to college and have this huge, huge, gigantic list. And if you're a person that's going to go back hometown or kind of the same area like a lot of people do, my goodness, you're going to have... Like you said, a 3,000 person list in no time. Granted, it could be your peers, but your peers are going to come see you too. And then they have family and everything. I was like, it's, you're going to have a huge advantage being younger. No doubt. 
And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, and it doesn't even have to be that big. I mean, it could be a 300 person list. I mean, it's like that, if you have the, the spark of an audience, I mean, the bottom line is a majority of people have zero. You don't need mm-hmm. to have, uh, you know, zero to 500,000 emails in like one year. Yeah, that's awesome. It's probably not going to happen for everybody. But like zero to 200, zero to 300, zero to 50. Okay. Like it's just like, and then 50 becomes 60, becomes 61, becomes 70. It's it's all about that growth. And like, that's just so underrated right now. Yeah. Patience, huh? What's a what's a five year goal that you have, and how do you know if it's worthy of your pursuit? That's a really good question. So, um, so five year goal for me. I mean, I have three long term goals that are just very very clean. I guess you'd say um, my goals are to increase chiropractic utilization, facilitate other chiropractors getting better, higher quality paying jobs, and ultimately manage or direct a nationwide conservative care program. So the, all of my goals go towards those three things. So, um, so those are my five-year goals, my 10-year goals, my 30-year goals. Uh, how do I know that that is what is applicable to me or kind of what I want to be after? It's because they're timeless. It's not based on money. It's not based on income. It's based upon, again, those specific criteria that I look towards. Am I doing something to increase chiropractic utilization? meaning getting the word out, increasing engagement. Am I doing giving chiropractors tools to build? Am I also working towards getting chiropractors better quality, higher paying jobs? Absolutely, that's something I work on daily. And that's something that's to come later this year in terms of chiropractic, really being able to talk about that in, in depth. And then the the third component of that ties in with the second, which is really, um, you know, I, I want to lead the charge because I know where I'm coming from and I know the hard work I've put in for over 10 years as far as uh, facilitating those both of those changes to the best of my ability. Well, I, I, I want to just say a big thank you, though, because I appreciate what you're putting out free on the podcast. And if that is just a, a, a small sliver of what you provide for all these other doctors out there then I just want to say thank you because I get a lot of value out of these research papers. You present it in a good way. And, um, you know, it's just, it's going to be huge because if all these doctors, these chiropractors are sending stuff to medical doctors, that means they are hopefully at least seeing it. And then the bigger input is imprint you're going to have is going to be huge. So I just appreciate your, uh, your effort there for so long. So thank Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening and paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to switch last few questions. are going to be a little bit more personal. Is that cool? Are you married by chance? Yes, I've been married. Uh, I've been married uh, probably going on going on eight years now, and I have a three-year-old daughter. Okay, so perfect. Always like to clarify first. Uh, so one of the questions would be vacation. A lot of doctors are burned out; they never get the vacation except for like Christmas. How do you how do you handle that? Do you have it a little easier because of the laser uh, spine institute type of job? So I do. So I do four weeks per year. Um, mm-hmm. so I do four weeks per year, but the challenge is I'm trying to be better about this. That's a, that is again, is another good question because I do four weeks per year, but I work 365 days a year. So, uh, meaning that I get four weeks vacation from, you know, my Monday through Friday, you know, kind of day job, so to, so to speak. Um, but I'm more, I, there is ne'er a day that goes by, including, including probably Christmas that I'm not on my computer working on something to do with the evidence-based chiropractor. So I'm actually trying this year, 
I, of course, I'm going to say this. This year, the second half of the year, not the first half of the year, but the second <laughs> half of the year, I'm, I'm going to try to be a little bit better about splitting that time and really tuning out you know, and, and making those lines a little bit thicker. Um, so, but the, the answer to your question is, is that I get four weeks off per year, but most of those days that I take off, if I'm not ultimately on vacation, I take off to work on other projects, including the evidence-based chiropractor. Mm, very interesting. Does that, uh, does that cause conflict with the wife? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, oh, well, let me, I should rephrase that. No, because she's, I've been this way for well before we met each other and she uh-huh. and it's been and it, I was talking to a, a co-worker about this the other day because he really wants to start doing some other uh, business stuff on the side but he's like god like when I get home like she's gonna kill me and, and I don't blame him because he was very clear when they got together that he would go to his work come home and, and that was it and I've always been somebody that is very very linearly driven and I absolutely um, you know love my family and want to spend the best quality time with them and I, I certainly want to go all on the ride together but it's something where I've been this way for a long long time so <laughs> that's a bonus then uh, what kind of things do you do maybe with your daughter or with it was a daughter right you said yeah the wife how do you spend time with them to make them feel like the time that they do have like what do you do to keep the relationship? active and happy and in, in, in a positive way. Yep. So most um, like Saturdays are typically our day where I really don't do hardly any work on the evidence-based chiropractor except maybe in the morning. Sunday, I shoot a lot of video and that gets eaten up a lot, but um, Saturday tends to be that day. So, I mean, we like to do, I mean, go whether it's going to a park, whether it's kind of just hanging out. We, we were fortunate enough to get a pool put in our house last year. So we hang out by the pool and just go out, you know, go out to dinner, go to a park, hang out by the pool. Just, I mean, nothing like too wild and crazy. And then secondarily, um, try to uh, get them to try when when we are able to arrange it also to travel with me specifically when I do travel items. So the last couple of years, I've been fortunate to speak in California um, for the California Chiropractic Association. So that's a great opportunity for all of us to go and spend an extra day or two and kind of just lounge and, and hang. So um, so those are a couple of things and always try to um, a, a few nights a week, always try to be present for when it's time to read books to go none. <laughs> Very good. That's the stuff they remember, right? All right. Do you have any kind of morning or lunch routine that really gets you focused for the rest of the day? Yep. Same thing every morning. So, um, and this is, a, this is a good segue too, because I just actually shot a video of this last Sunday that's being edited right now. That's not out yet. So, um, <sighs> but yes, I do this. I do the same thing every morning. So, um, basically when I get up in the morning, my alarm goes off at 6.30 a.m. I've never hit the snooze button in my entire life. I immediately get out of bed and walk to the, I'll, I'll give you the complete play-by-play. I immediately get out of bed and walk to the shower. I'm in the shower for probably five minutes. Then I iron my clothes for the day, walk downstairs and make a smoothie. That takes me another five minutes. Three days a week, I wake up my daughter and put on her clothes and put her in our bed until she's ready to get up with my wife. The other days, she sleeps in a little bit later, and I am usually out the door within 20 to 25 minutes of waking up. So I I try to be exceptionally 
straightforward in the morning and just get going because that helps propel me throughout the day. And I'm just not somebody who's like, oh, well, if I have to get up, like if I get up at 630 and get up at 630, I don't like set the alarm for six, hit it three times until it's 630. Like to me, that's like crappy sleep, a waste of time and everything else. So, um, so smoothie in the morning, no big breakfast. I quit donuts for the most part, at least, um, and, uh, and get up and going. Very good. Yeah, that's the, it seems like you have a longer day too if you wake up early. So, uh, do you have any favorite, so this last piece, books, apps on your, oh, books, podcasts, anything that you listen to or that you would like, like recommend for other people to engage their, their, their mind? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many, I mean, so, uh, for apps, probably nothing revolutionary. I mean, I track my website stuff on my phone, Facebook, Instagram, all that. So I'll leave that aside. Books. Okay. I am like a, I have like, I think I have seven books that I'm currently reading right now. So it's completely <laughs> insane. So I am reading like the newest Gary V book. I'm reading the newest Russ, Russell Brunson.com secrets book. I also have mm-hmm. his like split test book that I'm in the middle of. I have Robbie Robertson from the, the, the band, like the old band, the band, um, his, uh, autobiography testimony, Uh, Basically, I read two things at all times. I read music. uh, I play music as well. So I read music um, biographies and I will put my collection up against anybody in the world. Uh, I have like hundreds of music biography books and or business books. So um, as far as an all time favorite, I never, ever, ever think you can go wrong with Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think that's Mm -hmm. so classic. And I also love... um, there's a Jack Arden book. It's not how good you are. It's how great you want to be. I feel like I'm butchering that title. It's really small, very little text. It's like eight bucks on Amazon, but it is, uh, it was very influential to me. So those, those are what the, what I would say. Podcasts. I listen to Artichom, self-made man. Um, I listen to a 16 Z. I listen to the distance. I listen to, um, Pat Flynn's podcast and John Lee Dumas's podcast. And then I listen to a Facebook ads podcast. So those are like, that's like me in a nutshell. Very good. I'm, I'm amazed at the different podcasts. Like I've only had a couple people repeat one that they do books. You know, you, oh, lots of people are like, they can grow rich. But man, podcasts, I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time in my day to, to even listen to like one episode of all these different ones that I want to. But that's exciting. You know, there's so much out there. Oh, what do you play as far as music? Yeah, I play guitar. So I play guitar in a in a in a in a in a, in a band. I've I used to play in a band that did a lot of touring and everything like that. Like it was my Come job on. for a little while, like in my yeah. in, like about fifteen years ago. But um, now I play in a band. I, I play guitar. We play around Tampa Bay. We play regionally. Oh, very cool. What's your style? Like modern rock. I mean, we we're all dudes that used to listen to like punk rock and hardcore music. So it's like it, it's like old dude version of that, basically. <laughs> Okay, I was just curious. <laughs> well, how can people get in touch with you? Yep, so I'm pretty easy to find. Any it, JeffLangmade.com, J-E-F-F-L-A-N-G-M-A-I-D, JeffLangmade.com is a little bit about me, kind of my personal brand. And then, uh, obviously, the evidence-based chiropractor. So on any social media channel, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, 
um, the evidence-based chiropractor. And I would say two things out of those is really uh, most people, there's a lot of chiropractors, like over 10% of the profession, which is insane. That's on the Facebook page. So, which still means there's like 90% not or 80% not. So um, definitely check that out because that has stuff every day. But the two things that I'm really working on in 2017 that I, I think a lot of docs are getting that are early, but a lot of docs are super hyped on is the Instagram because it's really the behind the scenes of how I do all this stuff. So it's way more behind the scenes than Facebook, which is cool. And then the YouTube page, I'm doing a ton of video that sometimes does not get posted on Facebook. So the YouTube page is also something that I'm really looking to, to deliver better and better content throughout time. What kind of stuff are you putting on YouTube? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, so it can be a variety of things. So sometimes I'll do a little bit more long form. So there'll be a little bit more produced video. So instead of like a Facebook Live video where I'm just hopping on and like chatting, I'll do deeper dives. So I might do, you know, for instance, I did one that's like 15 minutes long and it's all on search engine optimization for chiropractors. That's a really mm-hmm. popular one because basically I go through like, you know, here's what you need to do. Here's what you and then we can do screen cuts and all the stuff that you can't really do in a Facebook live video. So it's way better for like learning. And the other most popular one is is some some of what dives into the research. So I'll do a, I've done some where there's deeper dives, so 10 to 15 minute dives on the research, similar in some ways to the podcast. But again, I can grab a model in that case, you know, in the video, I can really emphasize what's going on in a little bit different way than just the audio itself. So very good. Any speaking engagements, speaking engagements coming up? A couple of them. So uh, in a couple of weeks, I won't be speaking, but I'll be attending NCLC in Washington, D.C. So, wow, mm-hmm. that, sound, that was like rap style. So, uh, <laughs> so, so anybody that's going to head up to D.C., hit me up, Jeff at the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. I'm looking to meet as many docs as possible, hang out, and certainly talk shop. So I'll be in Washington not speaking in uh, March. I will then be at, uh, in Atlanta speaking in April. And I will be also in New Jersey speaking in April in the same weekend. So I will oh. be, I'll be doing a Friday at, uh, in Atlanta at Life University for a Life Vision seminar. And then I'll be traveling and speaking to the New Jersey chiropractic um, uh, conglomerate up there at, uh, on Saturday. And, and that'll be cool. So in the next couple of months, next six weeks, I'll be in three different places and with some other things to come later on in the year. But those are the next three. Very cool. I'm just curious. Have you ever looked at doing uh, continuing ed seminars, like a whole like eight hour seminar on a Saturday for docs or not there yet? Uh, no, I've considered it. I have the mat- I have I've have more than eight hours of material because I usually <laughs> I have two do. three programs that I that I teach interdisciplinary communication, MRI, post surgical rehab are all classes that I've taught for at least two hours. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if the demand is there, I'm down to do it. If anybody listening wants that to happen, let, let, just shoot me a message and say I'm interested. There's no no obligation, but uh, um, but I'd love to make that happen if there's enough interest. Certainly, it's something that I've kind of toyed with, and I've had some docs ask me about, but haven't put it together. So if anybody is down, you can nudge me, and and uh, and maybe we'll maybe we'll go for it. <laughs> Very good. Well, I want to appreciate. Like I said, again, all that you're doing for the profession and uh, lots and lots of success for 2017 for you, man. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for everything that you're doing over there and getting the word out and taking your time as well. I've been listening and obviously we connected online and I was happy to do so and super excited that you said, hey, do you want to come on? So thank you. (laughs) 
Well, good grief. Dr. Langmay brought it today. Appreciate the advice on trying to get into hospitals or multidisciplinary clinics. Uh, it was fun to know that you played a punk band. I think we must be around the same age. Really looking forward to your YouTube videos. Actually check some of those out and they definitely go deeper. So if you want more information, definitely check him out at evidencebasedchiropractor.com and all of his Instagram and YouTube things. He's very active on social media. So check out his program and definitely you can learn something from him even if you don't join. Work hard this year, make it your best year ever. Show notes, doctorsperspective.net slash one nine. They're ready. Paperback, Kindle, versions are available on Amazon. As always, you can also snag a free copy if you'd like a doctorsperspective.net slash free ebook. Today's choices, tomorrow's health, small steps to improve health, food choices, and exercise. Learn how to go from a couch potato or a weekend warrior and have simple steps kind of personalized just for you. Three different blueprints for exercise, how to cut some carbs without hurting yourself, a couple of changes in what and how you eat so that there's not a lot of extra willpower and self-control necessary to reduce how much you eat. 12 exercises, a 10 minute cardio that's better than 30 minutes, three minute stretching concept that won't make you roll your eyes in boredom, an ab routine you won't quit, exclusive Facebook support group, yes, and an entire section about a nervous system reboot discusses chiropractic, subluxations, and things like that. Look, if you want it, again, a doctorsperspective.net slash free ebook. It has a, a video explaining what it is, a little PowerPoint presentation in there, and put your name, put your email, and then you can make your choice. If you want to support the show, we have merchandise. We've got upper cervical chiropractic t-shirts. We've got podcast logo t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, as well as a generous buy the host of coffee PayPal button if you want to. No pressure. If you want to follow me on social media, the easiest way to find me is to go to a doctorsperspective.net. Look on the top right. It's kind of like a gray color. There's all the little social media icons. If you need to email me, I would love to hear your comments, critiques, etc. Justin at a doctorsperspective.net. Connect, comment, and I'll reply back. And if you can, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to this podcast. Go to the site. Give us a review. Hopefully a five-star review, but let us know what you think. It'll help us with all the rankings, and we appreciate it. And if you happen to get any merchandise, definitely take a picture, post it on social media, hashtag behind the curtain, or you can do at whatever my tag is, and I'll definitely give you a thumbs up. Travel tip today is only appropriate to say, hey, when you're out and about in a foreign country or even in another area, you want to probably don't get too crazy so that you could avoid a hospital visit. Talk about a horrible way to spend a vacation, nursing a broken leg, especially if you were doing something dumb that you know you probably shouldn't have been doing, drinking too much probably, or, you know, accidents do happen. Uh, worst case would be like a car accident or something or a boat accident. Try not to have to go to the hospital. Try not to have to go to the doctor as much as you can. Play it safe. Be it smart. But have fun, of course, um, especially if you're in a foreign country. You never know what kind of uh, care you're going to get, what kind of bill you're going to get. Some places might have better access than you have in America, and then other places might be way worse. And so, you know, you just don't want to have to deal with those types of things. I can tell you some stories, but I'll spare you. You know, in America, you're going to be pretty much good to go as long as they take your insurance or whatever. But again, who wants to waste half a day or the whole weekend dealing with that? So play it safe, guys. And that's your tip for today. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. 
Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on adoptorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.